Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. Last week, we talked about clean slate thinking. And this got me thinking about some language that I use with my clients that really helps us examine what perspective we might be holding around a particular challenge, including the perspective of clean slate thinking. And Cam, that language is freedom from versus freedom to. This language came from a client as a lot of the great language that I use with my clients every day does. And it started with examining her freedom value. Cam, I'm sure you notice this as much as I do. Many of our clients hold freedom as a value. We do not like to feel restricted as people with ADHD, which is why there's so much tension and struggle when we try and introduce systems and routines and habits. So we were discussing her freedom value as relates to time and task management. She was really struggling through it and really struggling with this sort of magical thinking, the future point in which she is caught up and then she will be free to do what she wants to do. So we waited through it for a while, sort of looking at freedom and looking at this perspective of caught up and what that means. And then she had a light bulb moment. She said, it's not freedom from, it's freedom to. Mm. Now, you know as well as I do as coaches, when clients say something like that, we go, who? Yes. Who? <laughs> tell me more about that. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. Tell me, tell me more about that client. This sounds, this sounds like it's going to be great. And it was. And so the basic premise here is freedom from describes the negative. It describes what you want to be free from, whether it's free from this pain, which many of our coaching clients come to us in that perspective, free from this list of tasks, free from restriction, completely rooted in the negative. Freedom too is rooted in the positive. So this is your positive outcomes. This is from this client, this was partially recognizing that some of the practices that she has around managing her time and her tasks, even though they're not fun and they're not her favorite thing to do, they enable her to have the time and have the freedom and also have the awareness of what time she has to have the freedom to then do the things that she wants to do. To comment there, it's a interesting dynamic in the sense that here she was in this scarcity mindset, lack of abundance, scarcity, kind of moving away from that negative. How do I get away from this negative freedom from this? How do I remove myself to getting drawn toward the positive? In that, as she goes from this scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset, She's recognizing how time is not this magical thing that she has 
oodles and ample amounts of this, but to it's finite. There's a finite amount of time. And when she appreciated that, had the awareness and her relationship to time, she was able to make this shift. Can you, can you go back though to kind of her language in this scarcity, in the scarcity place, like how she kind of battled with time? Because I think that's where a lot of our clients are. There are our listeners, excuse me, and clients in the sense of kind of time is the enemy. I need to beat this or we're chasing it all day. And how did that manifest for her? How did it show up in her language? What kind of stories she told herself? Sure. So what we were working on at the time was starting to pay attention to where time was going. And the reason she was curious about that was number one, she felt as many of us with ADHD do, that things took her an extremely long time. Everything took a very long time. Many of my clients have this perspective. Everything takes me longer. Everything takes a long time. And for some things that might actually be true. But for others, when we really dig down and examine it, it doesn't. So there was this day-to-day belief of things that take too much time and therefore what there's not time for. And we were actually having that conversation in the context of the budgeting software that she and I both use. You need a budget. By the way, if you need a budget, you need a budget is amazing budgeting software. This is not endorsed. It's just what I use and I love it. But she was trying to kind of think of her time in terms of budgeting to get a better sense of time to become more aware of what the reality of time was. But there's also that bigger sense and that bigger limiting belief of caught up, the mythical land of caught up. Many of our clients fall into this trap. Cam, this was something you and I worked on together heavily, the mythical land of caught up. We did big work around caught up and the fact that that doesn't exist. So this reminds me of a few topics that we've covered in some previous episodes. One is that destination thinking, destination thinking versus journey thinking. This destination that will be all caught up, this sort of nirvana place or this magical place where I'll have everything dialed in. Last week, we were talking about the house is perfect. I'll have the perfect system and I'll crush time. I'll be a, a, a ninja with respect to flow state. And then also that DAM acronym around kind of getting curious about time. So DAM was in order to identify the missing behavior, we've got to look at the avoiding behaviors and the distracting behaviors. And we can get sort of so focused on that there's this mythical place, we don't really start to look at time. And so she was realizing that the missing piece here was her understanding of her relationship with time and getting a more of a real picture there. And we get a more real and accurate picture, then we can start to really make some adjustments there. And we can't take advantage of these systems and tools until we actually do some kind of a shift in our thinking here. 
if we're always trying to kind of run away, what are we running toward? And this is the whole basis of the work that we do, strength-based coaching. Our clients come and right, we've talked about change and how change occurs is people identify a need for change. Well, that typically shows up as a pain point. My clients come to me and they say, they learn about their ADHD. And by the way, I'm going to fold in another piece here is this is lunch counter work. Just recently, I had a, uh, one of my clients is like, I'm listening to this podcast. It's great. But that lunch counter, can you help me out with that? Yeah, certainly. The lunch counter is that place where we get that information, the level one symptoms of here's the dilemma. Here are the challenges. You have ADHD. You have distractibility. You have challenges around activating for task and follow through. So when you get there, it's often like, okay, I've got my, I'm going to put my order in at the lunch counter. And my order is to make these things go away, to move away from these things. What do we do? We move back from the lunch counter. We move back, back into manifestation and we don't get into the other side, which is causation. The work that you were doing with this client is really getting up above and looking at that causation on the other side of the lunch counter, higher up on the slopes of Mount Rainier to really consider what is her experience with time to really shoot holes in this concept or this idea that there's this magical place in the future. With my clients, we talk about hopeful planning where it's just like, it's funny. It's like about six weeks out, Shelly, right? Six weeks. I just need six weeks and then I'm free and clear. And <laughs> everything's going to be different in six weeks. <laughs> is that, listener, six weeks, is that what it is for you? You see me cowering back a little bit, Cam. Uh, six weeks. <laughs> I, I, I identify myself in that too. And boy, that six-week language is something that I will now be taking and bringing into my client work because I am sure that I am not alone in that. So one of the first things we learn as baby coaches is that coaching is perspective work. That's the first thing I remember learning as a baby coach is coaching is perspective work. And that's what I really love about freedom from and freedom to. Look at all of the different topic areas we've already brought up. We've brought up time. We've brought up the lunch counter. We've brought up, what were some of the other things we brought up, Kim? We brought up destination versus journey thinking. We brought up the DAM acronym, distracting, avoiding versus missing behaviors. Yeah. And there's more because what this really has become for me is a tool for my clients to examine their perspectives on whatever it is we're talking about. So I introduced this language. I talked to them about what it means, how I use it with other clients, what the original client who came up with the concept was working on at the time, just like we did here. And if it resonates with that client, and it doesn't resonate with every client, look, every tool is not for every person. That's why we talk about the same concepts over and over again from different angles. But if it resonates with the client, it becomes part of our shared language. 
So if I see an opportunity, we're looking at it from this angle might be helpful. I can say, is this freedom from perspective? We both know what that means. And then my client can start exploring, hmm, is this freedom from perspective? And if it is, what does freedom to perspective look like? Yeah. And there's an ADHD phenomenon or experience where we will lock in to a way of thinking, negative self-talk or limiting beliefs. We lock into a picture and that can be sort of a picture of success or lock into kind of the way it is. And this is why perspective work, which is a general coaching skill, is so effective with people with ADHD because we tend to find a perspective and the language, the story that goes with that. And it becomes familiar and in a way comfortable. We get complacent there. We don't challenge ourselves to sort of think outside of that perspective. And with ADHD, it's sort of like that alternative is not available. It's that remembering to remember that perspective memory piece of we just forget that there's this other way to look at this. And that prompt or this, this it, it's like a, hmm, I don't know. It's, it's a great little prompt because it just rolls off the tongue. Freedom from, huh, what about freedom too? And when we do that, then the synapses start firing. The possibilities start to populate. And it's like, oh, what is freedom too? But you said something there really important. And what it was, was that pause. It's the pause, the pausing to consider, all right, here's freedom from, and what is the alternative? Let's look at this other side. What is freedom to? That gives us this sort of, um, it's kind of like uh, being ambidextrous. We can sort of go with like one hand or, or one way and this agility or being ambidextrous to be able to like consider this and like, wait a second, what about this? Think that what we do is we tend to stay in motion and, and not pause for fear that if we do pause, we won't be able to get started again. That's down in that manifestation of, well, if I, if I if, uh, lose it or use it, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> use it or lose it. There you go, Cam. Thank you. <laughs> sequencing, sequencing issue. <laughs> Sequencing. <laughs> Red alert. <laughs> oh, my sequencer up on the hill. Oh, boy. Okay. And with that, Cam, another thing about freedom from and freedom to is it gives us language. It gives us a way to very succinctly name a big and complex phenomenon. Listen, every single one of my clients who uses freedom from and freedom to uses it a little differently. And what it means to them personally is a little different, but the overarching concept is the same and they know what it means. And so when you find yourself in that moment, we talk so much about awareness. And when we talk about awareness, it's not just about, generating awareness while you're listening to this podcast or while you're in the coaching session, it's over time developing the ability to be aware 
in the moment or immediately after the moment, building up that muscle to reflect on and learn from our experiences. And when we are able to take something really big and give it a name, it's so much easier to see when it's happening in the moment. I catch myself in freedom from all the time. I still have those moments when I look around my house and I'm like, this place is a disaster. What am I doing? I need to like spend two weeks organizing and cleaning my house. That's freedom from perspective. And I have a name for it. And having a name for it makes a difference. You just reminded me of like some of my worst parenting moments. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh yes. Like I'll be freedom from you child in about six years. <laughs> so you're bringing up understand, own, translate. Yes. Right. Of this understanding, owning it to own and accept and then giving it language moves it out of the deep emotional areas of the brain. The other thing I want to say is that freedom from is right in there often in the, uh, in the sympathetic nervous system, in the fight flight center. I want to flee from this, make this go away. We're getting separation from the negative. When we work and, and urgency is our primary motivator to get things done, it's, it's really running away from the consequence of not having this done. Like, how do I get away from this? When we start to really think about freedom too, it does a couple things. It provides choice. We're choosing what we're heading toward. And this goes back to the big agenda episode we talked about of freedom to pursue what matters to me. That's choice. That's back to those six C's. Oh my goodness. We're like bringing in so much here, so much content. The six C's, which was around curiosity, choice, commitment, creativity, completion, and then celebration of that completion. But when we do that and bring choice in and curiosity, it moves the signal out of the emotional part of the brain. And we're, we're bringing it into the, I'm just going to say the, the higher level thinking, not necessarily just the prefrontal cortex, but this whole default mode network. And you said it reflective, reflecting. I want to bring in actually a coaching competency. So the ICF is the international coach federation. And they just redid their competencies, and I think they did a brilliant job. And one of the things that they say is one of the one of the um, primary foundational competencies is embodying a coaching mindset. So kind of coach language, but one of those one of the sub bullets of that is to embrace a reflective practice. And I really had to kind of look that up because it's sort of been a, a movement for years reflective practice. And as I read about it, it's like, well, geez, that's what coaching teaches. It, it's that pause and reflect to look back on our experience and take the learning and apply it forward. That pause, having that pause, not to grind to a halt, but to pivot, look back. What can I grab from this 
and move forward. As I'm moving through my day, am I in this freedom from perspective or am I in a freedom to perspective? If your body is kind of on edge and you're feeling anxious, it's likely you're in freedom from feeling a sense of urgency. Cam, you said something in there that I want to speak to a little bit more, and that is the word choice. What I really love about freedom from and freedom to is freedom from, as you said, implies running away from, getting rid of, perhaps dreaming of that clean slate. Freedom too implies choice. It is not about, I'm free to do only what's fun and happy. It is about recognizing that everything we do, both the things that are easy and fun, the things that are difficult but important, we are at choice. And when we talk about freedom as a value, that is the part that tends to matter most to my clients. When they talk about freedom, it is about being at choice. So it is the difference of having a system imposed on you and being told you must do it this way versus to the same end to the same completion, being at choice about the road to that completion. Well said. I think that people might be out there thinking choice. I, I, I don't do well with choice, Cam, Shelley. I don't, I don't do choice. It's, to me, that's excruciating decision-making. I have to make a decision. And so that's a perspective too. Yeah, we got to make decisions. We make like 35,000 decisions a day. So the opportunity here is to have a different experience with decision-making. And so what informs that decision-making? And it's an opportunity. Right? You can choose. <laughs> you can choose to have freedom to, or you can stay in freedom from. I think that what we're saying here is that, going back to let it be easy, Shelly and I have found that when we shift to freedom too, and this place of choice, in a way it's, we are letting it be easy, not as complicated. And it's a practice that takes time. One more thing I want to throw in, Cam, you talked about the ICF core competencies and reflection. And something we, I don't know if we've called this out explicitly yet for our listeners. We certainly do this with our coaching clients. But when we talk about reflecting on and learning from experience, listener, we don't just mean the painful stuff. Yes, you do need to reflect and learn on the stuff that's causing you pain because that's how we're going to get to real change there. Getting curious and doing your lunch counter work around those issues over and over again. But equally important is reflecting on and learning from the wins. So CAM 6 C's, the celebration C in coaching is all about reflection. We celebrate by digging into, ooh, this went really well. 
what can we take out of this experience to carry forward, to add to your toolbox, either overall or the next time you're facing this particular type of challenge? You have new tools. Let's make sure that we take the time to acknowledge those tools. And rather than leaving them on the job site, let's pick them up and put them in your toolbox. It's so often that when clients come, it's often this sort of, again, scarcity mindset of, well, I wasn't successful. I wasn't successful in what I wanted to do. And where's the focus? The focus is on what they didn't do. And the focus is not on what they did do and where they were successful. But that's where the biggest learning is. And, and a good coach is going to invite the client to explore that. Right? Because in there is the essence of freedom too. It's, it's being successful. And again, we talk about freedom. There might, be client, there might be listeners out there thinking, well, freedom's not a big value of mine. It's not about freedom. It's about what matters to you. Integrity, is that a value? Being in integrity. So this is about choice. This is about being successful and operating out of your strengths. And so part of that is identifying and catching yourself being successful in your strengths. Which our clients, when they first start working with us, are not good at. The one that always cracks me up, Cam, the example you gave of the client that comes and is focused on what they didn't do is when a client comes and they haven't done their coaching action, but they've had some other massive, huge, amazing win that they (laughs) try to step over in a sentence. Well, I didn't do my action because here's my sentence about this big win. And then they're right back on what they didn't do. Like we're going to tiss them and they get better at it over time. That's part of the magic of coaching and doing this work and learning how to think this way over time is the day comes where the client will come and say, I didn't do my action, but let me tell you about what I was doing instead and the big fat win that I had. Right. Well said. Oh, we could just keep going here, couldn't we? We could, but it might be a good point for us to pause for today because this is a topic that we can certainly keep coming back to. And again, Cam and I are certainly having a lot of fun with these episodes where we're thinking about different language to describe some of the things we've already talked about. And we'd like to know, is are these helpful for you? So let us know. Hit us up on the website, translatingadhd.com or on Twitter at translatingadhd. And until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.